you're good. Uh, you know, we, we praise God because he tells us that we're supposed to. And the struggles that we go through, if we don't testify about it, then the person next to us that's going through that same struggle doesn't or isn't able to have that victory that we have because of what God has done for us. Diane talked about standing up a little bit taller and a little bit longer. I look at that and I'm like, Diane is standing a little bit taller in her faith with Jesus Christ through this, and she stands a little bit longer because in this process, God is showing her patience and love and kindness. And Allison, you know, trust. Whenever we prayed for baby Mason, whenever he was born, and we prayed for him to be healed, we had to trust that that was exactly what God was doing. Now, it took two years to do it, but we trust in God because he says it will be done in my time, and I will do it with my hands and in the way that I can do it. There are some that whenever they're saved, uh, you know, that alcohol is taken completely away from them. There are others that God allows them to struggle through that addiction throughout the rest of their lives. We don't know why, but we trust that God knows. And we trust that the reason that God is doing it is so that we can stand a little bit taller and stand a little bit longer because of what he has done for us. Amen? We're going through this and we're talking about God's promises to us, unshakable hope. And we talk this week about God gets us. Now, God getting us, and we're going to get into this. And I, oh, this is going to be really good. I'm excited about this. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, let me read this passage of Scripture to you again in a new, in a different translation that I read to you at the beginning of the service. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live, live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to, to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His miraculous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enables you, us, to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Those promises are what we're talking about this morning. Those promises that changes us. There's over 7,000 promises in the scripture. Now we've only we're only going to be going through 12 of them. So you need to read all the rest of them, uh, you know, that's in the scripture to know what God has truly promised to us. But whenever we think about God getting us, how many of us struggle with the fact that no one knows stress the way that I know stress? Right? No one knows the stress of a pastor. No one knows the stress of someone that's retired and is on a fixed income. 
We don't know that. No one knows the stress of single motherhood. No one knows that stress. No one knows how I deal with this. No one knows the fact that I struggle with a specific sin in my life, and I have struggled with that sin from the moment that I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I still struggle with it. Nobody can understand that. Uh, you know, after all, whenever you become a Christian, uh, you, and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you ask for forgiveness of your sins, those are supposed to be taken away from you, right? I'm glad I get those looks back. No one experiences the pain that I experience. No one truly understands the pain of neuropathy. No one truly understands the pain that I have in my back or the pain that I have in my side. No one truly understands the pain that I have in my soul because my children don't know Christ as their Savior. No one truly knows the pain that I have in my soul because my mother or my father or my grandmother or grandfather, they don't know Christ as their Savior. No one really knows any of that stuff. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. So since we have a great high priest that has entered into heaven, the Son of God, Jesus Christ the Son of God, let us hold firmly to this. So what does this give us here? The first thing that we see here is that for him to have ascended into heaven or entered into heaven means that he had to leave heaven to begin with. So he has entered into heaven, and because he has entered into heaven, we can believe. We can hold firm to what we believe. And we believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross, was dead and buried for three days. And the song that we sung about was in the borrowed tomb for three days, and then he rose again. But then we stand firm on this because we know that he has now entered the kingdom of God, and he is at the right hand of God our Father, and he is interceding for us. He is interceding for us. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Whew, man, that is... So whenever I go through this list, and I went through this list for you, and I said, no one understands the struggles of my stress, Jesus Christ can say, oh, wait a minute, I do. 
I actually had more stress because whenever we think about this stress that we have in our lives, we look and we understand that whenever Jesus Christ came to the age of understanding that he knew that his purpose on this earth was to go to the cross and die for our sins. But yet he still walked on this earth for 33 years and he walked straight to that cross. Never deviated, never moved from where he was headed to. Everything that Jesus did took him to the cross. And it took him to the cross so that we would have salvation for our sins. So Jesus says, oh, I know your stress. Because I've been there. And then we say, well, wait a minute. You don't really know my struggles. Or does he? says that he understands our weaknesses. And the only way that he can understand our weaknesses is because he was one of us. Scripture tells us that he was 100% man or human and 100% God. Now, that doesn't give him any out as far as being able to say, well, you know, he was 100% divine, so his temptations wasn't as strong as our temptations. Well, that's nullifying his humanity. Let me, I, 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 in my understanding and studies of this passage of Scripture, I get a new understanding of this, okay? Because Jesus not only... Does he know what we've gone through, but he's done it even more and better than we did because Scripture says that he didn't sin. 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of God's or of our gracious God. No, wait a minute. Let's back up to 15. I got ahead of myself because right there at the end it says, yet he did not sin. He didn't sin. So what happens is, and let's be honest with ourselves, we struggle and we have weaknesses and we have a little bit of sin that comes into our life. And there's there's a temptation, not sin, but there's a temptation that comes into our life. Jesus, the scripture tells us that he passed all of those tests and he didn't sin. We're tempted and what do we do? We sin. We give in to the temptation. Jesus Christ never gave in to the temptations. He experienced everything that we experienced. But he never gave in to them. The troubles and the struggles that we have, stress in our lives. I have stress in my life, so I smoke a cigarette so that the caffeine or so that the nicotine can calm my nerves. I've heard that plenty of times. I had a dad that smoked and a mom that smoked. It calms me. Now we're legalizing, uh, you know, marijuana. And all these people with stress are going to go out and start smoking this marijuana because, whoo, man, I've never experienced it. 
I understand. I understand that it, oh, it's a chill like no other. You just sit back and all you want to do is eat brownies, right? I've never experienced it. God doesn't understand the pain that I have in my life. Therefore, I go to alcohol. Or I go to drugs. God doesn't understand the hurt that I have in my soul. Mm. (laughs) He loves each and every one of us. And he went to the cross to save us. And talk about, we struggle and, and we hurt in our souls because our loved ones don't know Christ. But what about all the ones that was created through Jesus Christ that hasn't accepted him as their Savior? What about whenever Jesus was walking on this earth and Jesus literally says, you know, how long do I have to put up with you people? How long are you going to be so hard-hearted and stubborn not to accept my love? Jesus has experienced this. Jesus has experienced everything that we have, plus, because he never gave in. So we look at this scripture and it says that we have a high priest that's in heaven that knows what we're going through. He knows our weaknesses. Although he doesn't sin. Or he has he never sinned. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Let us boldly come to the throne. Why do we or how do we come boldly to the throne? We come boldly to the throne because the one that's there knows where we are, knows our weaknesses, knows our struggles. So whenever we come to tonight and we kneel down at our bedside or we're sitting in our recliner or wherever you are and you close the day in prayer, You might say the words, uh, you know, God, I know it's been a long time. But I've been really busy. I've had a lot of stress in my life. I've I've had this difficulty. I've, I've had this difficulty. We come boldly because the one that is sitting there, he says, no. I know. I know your weaknesses. I know your stress. You know, Kara talked about the sparrows. He knows everything that is going on. There's absolutely, positively nothing that goes on in this earth that he does not know of. 
So we come boldly to the throne knowing that he is there, knowing that he knows exactly where we are, but knowing that he has experienced exactly what we've experienced. Now, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture. I don't have it. I'm not going to give you the, uh, you know, but whenever the, uh, the woman that was called into adultery, she was thrown in front of Jesus. And Jesus tells the men, he says, the one that, uh, you know, without sin cast the first stone. They all leave, right? Okay, Jesus looks at the woman and he says, where are your accusers? She says, I don't accuse you either. He says, stand and sin no more. We come to him because God's not sitting there in this, on this throne that is casting out judgment and casting out, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, this thing or this, this, ooh, man, my English is gone on me, but you got it. Uh, you, you know where we are. He knows where we are. He's not judging us because of our fallings, because of our failures. I had this story back in the latter part of my message, but I, th I think it'll fit really good here. Billy Graham, at his funeral, he had time for each one of his children to stand up and to tell a story about their father, about Billy Graham. And, and Ruth stood up, and in Ruth's story and talking about her father, she, she, gave, she gives us this wonderful picture of, of Billy Graham. Uh, you know, so we all know that, uh, you know, I don't know if you, Ruth Graham, uh, you know, Lot, I think is her new name. Uh, you know, she was divorced after about 23 years, uh, you know. So after that, she, uh, you know, uh, she started, uh, you know, being with us with other guy and she was dating him and uh, you know, it was getting pretty serious. And, uh, you know, her kids and stuff said, you know, mom, you, you, you need to take it slow. Uh, you know, uh, Billy Graham and, uh, you know, and her mother, uh, you know, said, you know, you, you need to take this slow. Uh, well, you know, she didn't. Uh, she went ahead and married this man, and she said, uh, you know, with the, uh, in the service, she said, within 24 hours, I knew that it was wrong. Within five days, they were separated. She called up her dad. She said, Dad, she said, I don't know what to do. She said, there's nothing... Uh, you know, where, where do I go from here? Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Billy Graham just simply said, look, just, you know, come on home. Just come home. She was a two-day drive from home. So she makes her way home, and, uh, you know, evidently, you know, Billy Graham and them were keeping in contact with her on this trip. And, uh, you know, uh, whenever you come to the Graham household, there's a, they have a long driveway that's off the road. And there's actually a sidewalk that's next to their driveway, uh, you know. And she said that she turned off the road onto this driveway, and there was Billy Graham. He had made his way down that sidewalk. She said, whenever she looked up, she said, "Now, Billy's not, or my father, uh, you know, he's not God. But I believe that day he showed me what God would be like." She said whenever she looked up and she saw her dad there at the, on the sidewalk, he, he wasn't there standing like this. Billy Graham was standing there with his arms open. 
said she stopped the car and got out, and they embraced, and they cried. See, we have a God. We have Jesus Christ of high priest that is standing at the throne of God. He's right next. He's, he's at the right hand of God our Father, and he knows what we've been through. He knows every struggle that we have stepped in. He knows every sin and every detail about our lives. And he stands there with arms open wide. And he said, I know where you are. I know who you are. And I know who I am. Will you come into my arms this morning? See, that's the God that gives us this promise that says that we have a high priest in heaven that knows where we are. He gets us. He understands us. So what does this mean for us? What is this all about? Let me give you a little quiz this morning. Just short. Uh, you know, if you pass it, it well, there's no, way, there's not even a passing grade on this one here. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, there's, you know, I just simply want to ask you questions. Uh, you know, Jesus or us? Okay. So in these statements, I want you to think about this. Okay. Is this talking about Jesus, or is this talking about me, or is it talking about both? Okay. Born of a mother. Both. Hopefully, we have mothers. Uh, we all know that Jesus was born of a mother. Uh, you know, she was, he was conceived uh, miraculously, but uh, you know, he had a mother. Uh, you know, acquainted with physical pain. Both. Enjoys a good party. Both. Come on now. Jesus enjoyed a good party. After all, he made the wine at the wedding, and the wine was better than the wine before it. So he likes a good party. He ate with a lot of the sinners and a lot of the, you know, the people that were there. He had a lot of feasts that he went to while he was on this earth. So you know, we have to agree with that. Come on now. Rejected by friends. Woo. Both. Judas. Mm. Wow. Both of us, right? Go some more. Unfairly accused. What? Nobody's unfairly accused you. I know they did Jesus, but y'all have been unfairly accused. <laughs> Loves stories. How many of y'all like stories? I like telling stories. I might not be any good about it, but I like telling stories. Both of us. Reluctantly pays taxes. Woo! Reluctantly pays taxes. Yeah, we just got through with tax season, right? Turned off by greedy religion. It should be both. Should be both. So Jesus really isn't that different from us, is he? Feels sorry for the lonely. Both. There again, that should be a should. Should be a both. Unappreciated siblings. 
So y'all didn't have loving siblings? Sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> Stands up for the underdog. Both? Yeah. See, Jesus is not too far away from us. But there is a difference. Uh, you know, we have to understand that, yes, uh, you know, Jesus, there's a lot of things, and Jesus did a lot of things. He lived on this earth, and he experienced a lot of things that we have experienced. But let's be honest. Is he, if he was born of two humans, two earthly humans, conceived of two earthly humans, then he would be just like you and I. And we would draw near to him, but I don't think that we would really worship him. He's just like we are. But it also comes to the same thing that if Jesus showed up here on this earth as a mighty God, we, we might worship him because of his deity and because of where he came from and because of his allness. But we wouldn't draw near to him. Because after all, how can a king understand the life of a peasant? Max Licato gives us a really good story about this one here. Max talked about the fact that it was a day that him and his daughter went outside to, uh, you know, to shoot basketball. And his daughter was uh, you know, way tall or wee tall. And uh, you know, I think she was somewhere around seven or eight years of age. And he said that we went out there and she dribbled the ball out there and she heaved it with all of her might to get it up to the goal and uh, no avail. And she heaved again and still no avail. And after about three or four tries, he said, well, he said, let me show her how to do this. So we got the ball and he said, here, honey, this is what you do. And he just did a layup and laid it in. Gave her the ball back and she tries it again and she heaves it up there and it it doesn't go. And he says, I was standing right there next to her, and I didn't understand it, but she would heave it up as far as high as she could, and it might get to about the top of my head. And she tried, and she tried, and this went on for several different times, and I said, okay, let me show her again. Maybe she's not getting this. She doesn't understand. So we got the basketball again, and he showed her, uh, you know, and she did it a couple more times, and she just simply stopped out of frustration, and, uh, you know, she looked up to him, and she said, hey, it's a whole lot easier for you up there than it is for me down here. There's a lot of times that we don't, or we look at Jesus in that aspect and say, whoa, wait a minute, it's a whole lot easier for you up there than it is for me down here. See, if he was just a king, he wouldn't understand. If he was just a man, we wouldn't worship him. But since he's both, he understands and he is worthy of our worship because he is the only one that understands and can do something about it. Amen. See, that's why this promise to us should resonate within our souls that I have someone that knows exactly where I'm walking. He has experienced the things that I am experiencing, but he has won the victory. 
So I go to Him for forgiveness, and I go to Him for the strength so that I can have victory over the temptations in my life. He alone is worthy of both, of coming near and worshiping because of who He is. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have, or we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of it. Doesn't have a partial of it. Full of grace and mercy. Amen. The Son of God. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creations. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And then in verse 19, for God is pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. All of his fullness dwell in him. That's why we boldly come to the throne. Because the one that is there knows who we are. Knows our weaknesses. Knows our struggles. Knows our heartaches. He knows all about the temptations of the things that we went through. He even hungered, right? He was hungry. <laughs> he was weary. After all, it takes really being sleepy to fall asleep in the front of a boat while a storm is raging on, right? Some of us have trouble falling asleep in the car whenever some people are at the wheel driving, right? I, you know, I, I just a little tidbit for you here. You know, I, uh, I went and visited uh, with my family and stuff, and uh, my sister asked me if, uh, you know, if I wanted to drive uh, because we went to one of my cousin's house, and she made pizza for me. Now, it's not too often that she, well, no, yeah, every time I come, she makes the pizza for me. But it's homemade pizza. She makes the dough from scratch. It's in a three-inch thick pan full of homemade sauce, hamburger meat seasoned just right, pepperoni, bell pepper and onion that is cut so thin that you can read the newspaper through it. And then she tops it with cheese, and then she puts another topping over the, and then she puts pepperoni over the top of the cheese, and then she puts another layer of crust on top of that. I mean, it is that thick. I, you know, she said whenever she first started making this, 
that it took her 45 minutes and now it takes her three hours to make it. So my sister and I were sitting there after three pieces. Now my sister didn't eat three pieces, I did. And I confess I ate three pieces of that pizza because she made it for me. So we're sitting there, and we're fighting this food coma, right? Uh, you know, we are just, you know, our bellies are full, and we're trying our best not to take a nap. So my sister asked me, she goes, would you like to drive? And I'm like, well, no, not really. I, you know, I'm a little tired. I, you know, I'm, I'm liable to fall asleep. And she said, well, she said, you can take a nap in the passenger seat. And I'm like, no, as soon as I get into the passenger seat, I'm wide awake. I can only sleep when I'm driving. So we all have drivers that like to sleep, right? But we don't have passengers that like to sleep. Passengers like to tell us how to drive. Now, we've deviated just a little bit from the message, you know, but I thought that was a really good story. You know, so how am I going to bring this into closing? You know, and it's all because we choose to do things our way and we don't think that anybody else understands what we're going through. Regardless of what it is, if you're sitting at the steering wheel about to doze off, nobody else understands it. Uh, you know, but there's consequences to this because there's things that Satan brings, a, you know, brings upon us that if we don't stop or if we refuse to acknowledge them, we're just simply going to fall into the same trap that we have. But Jesus knows what those are. He truly does. Uh, you know, because he's the one that walked on this earth with us for 33 years, but yet he's the one that's at the right hand of God the Father. Scripture tells, tells us that he was full of God. 100% human, 100% God. That's why we trust him. As Robbie and the praise and worship team comes I can't help but to think that there's someone here this morning that needs this. That needs to understand that regardless of where I am and regardless of how much I have messed up, Jesus understands. He understands because he has been through everything that I have been through. But yet, he did not care. This morning as we stand, we prepare our hearts. If that's where you are, and if you don't truly understand, or if you feel that you are alienated and that you, uh, you know, that God just doesn't understand where you are. If he doesn't understand where you are, then how can he save you from where you are? Or how can he move you from where you are? He understands. He truly understands. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the altar is open this morning. Hear the voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through 
But you keep standing at a distance In the shadows of your shame But there's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table It's nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry fears that hold your heart but through the cross you've been forgiven you're accepted as you are so bring it all to the table it's nothing he ain't seen before for all your trials, all your worries and your burdens, there's a Savior and He calls, bring it all to the table. Bring it all. You can bring it all. Father, we thank you so much for this message. God, I pray, dear Lord, as the song sung, as it says, that we bring it all to the table. God, that we trust in you because of who you are. We come boldly to the throne because of who you are. We have confidence in our faith because of who you are. We're confident in your love and your mercy because of who you are. 
Jesus' name, amen. Just have a few announcements that I would like to bring to your attention, okay? Uh, we will be voting, um, so all members of the church, we will be voting on the 16th, starting on the 16th. And talking about that, we 